What the fuck is up, world? Piali Tlaltik Pak. We're back. Another podcast. Back up in this bitch. It's been about, I don't fucking know, a week and a half, or two weeks, something like that. I've just completely lost track of all time at this point, right? Um, to be fair, uh, time, as we've already began to discuss previously in this podcast, is something of an interesting little construct in the first place. But now that, you know, we're all on quarantine time, the shit's just gotten stranger, okay? And obviously, your boy is no exception here. Um, as far as the last podcast is concerned, I welcomed a lot of the feedback uh, that I did happen to receive from it. And um, because of that, I think with this one in particular, I was very much looking forward to go ahead and switch up gears a little bit. And what I mean by that is, I know if you're like me, which I'm almost certain that you are, or else you wouldn't fucking be listening to this podcast. As I mentioned before, you're probably a bit burnt out on the coronavirus talk at this point. Okay. Um, just a quick fucking acknowledgement of what the fuck is happening with the coronavirus. Shit is still crazy as fuck. Don't get it twisted. Just earlier today, I was going down a fucking rabbit hole talking about how trippy it is that there's so many empty fucking hospitals right now. Give me one second. Okay. As I was saying before the fucking little coffee spill incident that I just had, um, as far as the coronavirus shit is concerned, I'm pretty much fucking burnt out on it. But I will admit that just recently I was going down this fucking rabbit hole talking about how empty the hospitals are at the current moment. So maybe in forthcoming episodes, I'm going to go ahead and delve into that and see just exactly what the fuck is going on. Because I don't know about you, but me personally, numbers wise, shit's just not making sense. It's not adding up to me, especially when you consider, you know, the previous pandemic that should have occurred in the United States about 10 years ago under the Obama administration, where more people were infected and more people died because of the H1N1. And yet, you know, not, we didn't fucking shut this bitch down. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's not it's not because uh, there isn't more news to be discussing in regards to the coronavirus. That's not why I'm choosing to conscientiously try to ignore speaking of it. I, it's not it's not possible. It's going to come up inevitably organically as you know, this conversation just proves in the first five minutes or so. Um, but also it is kind of planned in towards the back end a little bit, little, little, little bit. But the point here being is that, you know, I'm trying to make a conscientious decision with this one to focus on something a little bit different, something that I've been actually wanting to focus on for a long time now. And I feel as though now is as good a time as any to go ahead and actually delve into this topic in pretty deep detail. Okay. Now, before I do, I just want to take a quick moment to invite you all for those of you who are listening to this and have found me not because of social media. Maybe you found me on iTunes or Google Podcasts or any, you know, your favorite podcast app. I would uh, invite you to come follow me along on our uh, so on my social media journey, OG underscore Ice Nice 13 on the gram. You can also find me something along those same lines on Twitter and Facebook, though I am absolutely most active on the gram. Okay. Um, before I continue, also quick shout out to those of you who are listening, especially those of y'all motherfuckers who are not from El Paso. My El Paso people, yo, I got nothing but my Chuco folks, bruh. I got nothing but love for y'all motherfuckers. Okay. You know this. However, there's a little bit, there's something just a little bit more special, not more special. Okay. Let's, let's not use, let's not use divisive language here, but it's just crazy to me. How about that? Let's go with crazy as fuck actually that, you know, although I obviously intended for this podcast in my social media to reach people outside of El Paso by usage of things such as hashtags and all that kind of shit. The fact that it's actually fucking connecting 
with y'all motherfuckers is real. That's like, bro, that shit makes my day every time I see it. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you who are tuning in from outside of El Paso, big fucking shout out to you, especially those of you who have reached out to me on social media and told me as such. Okay. Um, some of those messages that you all have sent, they've come to mean quite a bit to me. Okay. Especially the conversations that we've had, because it just helps reinforce the belief that I had one of the many in leading up to this podcast. And that is that there, I'm not alone. Okay. And neither are you. Obviously, that's how we found each other. So the more that this continues to spread to people that, you know, have felt some type of way about, man, if only there was a fucking crazy ass podcast out there with motherfuckers talking about aliens and conspiracy theories and hood philosophy type shit, but also about some deep metaphysical questions like God and the soul and the existence of time and all that kind of shit. What's up, dog? I see you. I'm here for you, and I'm glad that you're there for me as well, right? The reciprocation, uh, the the mirror effect, if you will. One of y'all sent me something in regard to mirror theory. I didn't forget, okay? It's just, it's I'm, I'm actually trying to do my best that I can to look into that so that when I do drop the mirror theory podcast, I will be able to fucking do so in a way that I hope you personally find um, pleasing, right? Because obviously you went out of your way to message it to me and you know that meant a lot to me and I'm going to try to do right by you. So yeah, refraction yet again, going back to the refraction theory. I see you, dog. I see you. And in you, I see me as well. We are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, right? Trying to get through his crazy ass ride called life. So with that said, that I believe is as perfect an introduction to today's topic as any. And the reason why is because, well, Let's start with the divisive nature of the individual in question for today. And that is one Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Okay. Now, for those of you who have listened to my podcast at length, as well as followed along on the gram, you know that I have more than my fair share of fucking beefs with Dr. Peterson. Okay. Um, And actually, while this podcast is intended to fucking, you know, expand on those beefs, uh, I wanted to take a moment to actually acknowledge the fact that despite the fact that I don't agree on a fundamental level with Jordan Peterson's philosophy, I actually agree in a large part with a lot of what it is that he has to say. Okay. Um, not with like the whole trans rights and all that kind of shit, but more specifically in regards to ownership, taking ownership for one's life, responsibility for one's life. This isn't a concept that's unique to Jordan Peterson. It's not even a concept that's unique to stoicism, which is the philosophy that if I had to place him uh, in one, it would probably be the stoic one. I'd say probably not because he's hard to peg down, but more specifically because he's not really, he's not a philosopher and what he's doing is not really philosophy in, in, in as whole. You know what I'm saying? He's giving his ideas. There's no question about that. And those ideas are informed by many, you know, they're misinformed if we're going to be really honest with one another by many other philosophical theories. You know what I'm saying? And the closest one that I could potentially peg him into is stoicism. But even then, again, the ideas that he's advancing, they're not unique to stoicism alone. Responsibility, freedom, taking accountability for one's actions. These are hallmarks of not only the Western tradition of existentialism, but more importantly for me personally, they're fucking hallmarks of the Nawat philosophy. You know what I'm saying? So despite the fact that I've been talking all gang of shit about Jordan Peterson, the reality is that on a fundamental level, me and that motherfucker agree on a lot of shit, okay? Um, in fact, another reason that I feel is important to highlight that is because not only to, you know, give the give the, the gentleman his props, but also to, I want to avoid, right? One of my biggest critiques against Jordan Peterson, let's just get into it, is the fact that he misappropriates philosophy. And none of the philosophies that he's misappropriated perhaps are as fucking upsetting to me as his 
a complete fucking misappropriation of Nietzschean philosophy. Like, obviously, you've listened to this podcast before. You fucking followed along on the gram. For those of you who are new along to the experience, bro, I fucking ride hard for Nietzsche, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my dude, yo. And um, one of the biggest pet peeves that I have when it comes to Nietzsche is people that just fucking, they don't do his philosophy justice, okay? Because it's really easy to shit on Nietzsche because he's been, re- obviously, towards especially the end of his life, he, he went fucking insane, man, right? And it's easy to shit on him because of that, especially on his later writings when they're completely grandiose. But, you know, grandiosity may very well be a slave way of trying to dismiss Nietzschean philosophy, if we're being honest. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it's fucking, it's easy to dismiss Nietzsche by fucking reducing him to, you know, the most polemic simplistic understanding of his aphoristic style of philosophical writing you know what i'm saying but in doing so we run afoul of fucking jeopardizing some of the most prestigious fucking insights into the human psyche um that have ever been committed to paper now i've talked about this at length and other podcasts okay so uh you know fucking being a little niche fanboy is not the intention for this one but what i will say is the intention for this one is to avoid doing the very thing that I'm going to be criticizing Dr. Peterson of, and that is misappropriating the philosophy, right? So in all due fairness, one of the things that as I was preparing this podcast that I had to check myself on was to try to pull back on a lot of the seemingly spiteful attitudes that I had about Dr. Peterson, okay? Because in reality, spite is just this fucking, it's it's this resentment, right? It's this spree of a resentment. And it's not resentment, okay? It's a, it's an uh, intentional uh, mispronunciation on my behalf to uh, try to convey the word that Nietzsche had in mind, which is spelled, and you know, it's not, it's it's spelled with like some accents that aren't Ameri- American English. So I would closest probably, probably try to place it in French, the French language, but I don't speak French, so I don't fucking know. You know what I'm saying? So the best that I can try to say is resentiment. And essentially what this resentiment is, according to this Nietzschean philosophy, is the, 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 the spitefulness of the spirit. Because all of us, we have this will to power, if you will. Okay, According to Nietzsche, I've said it before, all of life is the will to power. And thus, in turn, resentment is this will, this will to power that is being expressed in a negative manner. The negative manner here being is that it is not in a position of power. It is not the most powerful voice. And yet, despite that, it still desires to be the most powerful voice. Shout out to all the fucking haters out there. You all are driven, according to this Nietzschean philosophy, by the spirit of resentment. It's this spitefulness, right? This spitefulness that is born of the desire to be the master class, but recognizing full well that you lack the traits necessary to become a master class person. Now, I will give uh, a further podcast in the future regarding Nietzsche's view on what exactly a master is. So, like I said, this isn't this isn't the podcast for that. But for now, I'll simply state that one issue that I had in myself, I recognized it in myself as I was you know, uh, preparing this lecture on Dr. Peterson, this podcast, I should say on Dr. Peterson, is that some of my views were informed by straight up resentment, right? Like um, this idea that what he has done, for instance, is not admirable. Fuck no, dude. Like, are you kidding me? Dr. Peterson has done what any philosopher could only ever hope to do. Any quote unquote public intellectual, hood philosopher, organic intellectual, whatever the fuck you want to call us, right? He's done something that only a few of us have, will ever manage to accomplish. And that is take something as fucking niche as philosophy and, 
you know, make it broadly available to the masses. Now, um, in one respect, an immediate knock to that is to simply say that the only state rather that the only reason he's been able to do so is because the people who are fucking, you know, swallowing up his philosophy in mass are fucking morons. Right. But that's that's not really true, man, because there's a lot of fucking intelligent Jordan Peterson fans out there. So to try to dismiss it as simply stating that it's because, you know, people are dumb as fuck and they don't know what philosophy is like that's being very disingenuous. Okay. And at first that was kind of my initial stance when it came to Jordan Peterson. But I started to come around and realize like, nah, man, just because someone comes from a fucking, you know, the stance of Jordan Peterson and is able to fucking take his philosophy to where he did is not indicative of how the perceived lack of intelligence of other people is on my behalf. If anything, it's indicative of there's something that he's fucking, there's a hole, okay, that he's speaking to that needed to be filled. Now, for the longest time, and this is where I'll continue along with my spitefulness, I'm not going to front, man. My first introduction to Dr. Peterson was probably like yours through the Joe Rogan podcast, okay? And when he first came on to the Joe Rogan podcast, yo, I was I was on board. I'm not going to front. I was like, yo, I fuck with this dude. You know what I'm saying? Again, putting aside the eh, the kind of transphobic comments that he would occasionally make, I was pretty much on board with him for all the reasons I already discussed at the beginning of this podcast, okay? Um, so to immediately assume that the people that are listening to Dr. Peterson are fucking, they lack some sort of intelligence. That's a fundamental mis- That's a fundamental mistake to make. And it's a mistake that I've seen be made over and over and over by the people who are attempting to dismiss Dr. Peterson. So in an effort to a, not only fall victim to that similar mistake, but B to honestly avoid the spirit of resentment on my behalf, I will straight up acknowledge, yo, when he first burst on the scene, this motherfucker was speaking to something that needed to be addressed. And what was that something that needed to be addressed? This collective whole, I feel, that we still have. It's still there. It hasn't been addressed completely. Jordan Peterson did a good part of addressing a part of it. You know what I'm saying? But it still fucking exists by a large, a large, a large, in, in a large, in, in large respects, I should say. Right. And that is this overall feeling of not only alienation, but fucking emptiness, bro. Hollowness. Okay. Alienation, emptiness, and hollowness that has been given to us that is fucking bred, I should say, even better by fucking modern living, bro. I hate to be that. We live in a society, man, guy. But dude, like fucking straight up, bro. How is it possible that we are living in the most technologically advanced time ever that we know of, barring some unforeseen catastrophic cataclysmic event that wiped out human history prior to us as we currently know ourselves to be here on this planet, right? How is it possible that we're living at the height of that pinnacle, of the, the pinnacle rather, of that fucking civilization and motherfuckers are offing themselves left and right, bro? And if you ask me, obviously, if you ask Dr. Peterson and if you ask many philosophers before us, like Friedrich Nietzsche, the answer is simple, man. Fucking technology, bro. There's a there's one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest tropes in Nietzschean philosophy is this return to traditionalism, right? And that's kind of where you see a little bit of the fucking uh Nietzschean influence on Dr. Peterson, because there is no doubt that Dr. Peterson is a fucking sneak tip. He's not even a sneak tip, bro. If you listen close enough to what he's saying, you know full well that motherfucker is conservative as shit. Okay. But you'll see now where some of the roots for that quote unquote conservatism starts to fucking manifest themselves. Um, they manifest themselves in a desire to return to a more traditional fucking, to a more traditional way of living, right? Now, if you want to follow the Nietzschean route to its most extreme, that means complete fucking pre-man type shit, modern man, I should say. You know what I'm saying? Like living off the earth, off the grid, hunting your own food type shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, Dr. Peterson is not going to take it that far. As far as he's going to take it, 
and this is where one of the biggest problems that he had that I have with him is going to be more in terms of cultural. He's going to say that one of the biggest reasons is that that we are experiencing so much loneliness and isolation is because we are essentially culturally alienated. We are even better said culturally estranged from one another. And the reason being is because our modern living has made it so that, you know, we've pretty much dissolved the nuclear family and the nuclear structure upon which the family was built upon, namely religion and such religion and, you know, conservative traditional American society. So what he's saying then, and like this very sneak tip, not overly explicit way is that we need to return to that very traditional form of living in order to address many of the issues that are inherent with modern society. And that in hopes and doing so hopes that, you know, we will address the issue of this fucking overwhelming alienation and emptiness and hollowness that seems to be plaguing modern man. Now I focus here on the man part for a reason, because he is speaking specifically to men. Although it may be like a kind of like a dog whistle. He might pay lip service to women as well. But this is very clearly directed towards men when he says, men, clean your room, fucking, you know, groom yourself, fucking talk, you know, talk with your, uh, talk with you with intention, you know, keep your shoulders upright or keep your head upright and your shoulders back and all that kind of shit. It's very clearly talking to men in this very traditional sense of what it meant to be a man is. You know what I'm saying? Um, so in that respect, then that's where his return to traditionalism comes from. The problem with that, and this is one of the many problems that I have with him, is that doing so, it fucking, it's it's just culturally regressive, man. Like, you don't have to go back to the way that fucking life was in the 1950s, leave it to beaver type shit in order to fucking address the loneliness and the hollowness and the alienation that modern people are fucking facing. Because I guarantee you, if you were to go back in time and speak to those people who were living in this idealized fucking imagination, imaginative uh, world that Jordan Peterson fantasizes is all returning to, they suffered from the same shit, okay? And the only difference is that now, unlike then, it was it's culturally appropriate, it's culturally acceptable for the most part for us to talk about this kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? Me, as a man living in fucking 2020 United States of America, I can openly talk about struggling with mental health issues as I have at length, not only on this podcast, but on my Instagram post, you know what I'm saying? Without fear of social ostracization. Some of y'all motherfuckers might be, you know, kind of weirded out by it, but you know, fuck you if you are, honestly, okay? But for the most part, the majority of you are like, yo, that's fucking, you know, like I, I feel you dog, either because I myself struggle with mental health issues because I know someone that has struggled with mental health issues or because it's just fucking 2020 and it's okay. We don't uphold these fucking traditional, for the most part, uh, machismo uh, uh, standards. Uh, we don't hold men to these, uh, these machismo standards where talking about that kind of shit immediately relegates you to some sort of fucking sissy boy status. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, man, it just is what it is. Science, fucking life, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Some people, you know, we just have mental health issues and, you know, being able to talk about it is very liberating. Unlike before, where just talking about it would get you sideways looks and make motherfuckers think you're so crazy that they wouldn't even want to be around you and that they had cultural fucking, uh, you know, structures put in place to ensure that they could put you away. You know what I'm saying? To ensure that they wouldn't have to deal with your bullshit. Like, nah, man, because even though the ones that did openly come out back in the day and talk about that kind of shit, they were brave. Unlike the fucking cowards who were dying of heart attacks at 60 in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even up until now, bro, the two, the 2020s, because they were just afraid of talking about their mental health issues. And so when Jordan Peterson is talking about reverting back to this fucking, this 
imaginative past as a means of addressing much of the loneliness and emptiness and hollowness that is currently plaguing our current society, I call bullshit, man. I call bullshit. I just straight up do because um, I believe that talking about these kinds of things is not only modern, but more beneficial than the fucking traditional way of just, you know, manning up, if you will, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and fucking dealing with it irrespective of what may come because what a man is is someone that doesn't, you know, fuck with their emotions or none of that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? That's a tr traditional role is that which of a, of a rugged individual stoic man. Like, nah, I don't believe that's the answer. Another problem with his ideas of returning back to this imaginative past is that it's actually... It, Women get a shit stick. They get a shit end of the stick when it comes to this. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why is because this, this is, and I'm going to interlace these problems here with my Jordan Peterson critique is that he speaks a lot about fucking accountability. But when the fucking rubber hits the road, bro, he does not hold most accountable the people that need to be held the most accountable. And those fucking people are the ones that ride fucking ride or die for Jordan Peterson, bro. And I'm talking here, of course, about these bitch ass weak ass fucking incel types yo like low yo for the incels it's not women's fault that you can't get laid bro it's your fucking fault if you can't get a woman to be your consort if you will your lady your fucking girlfriend your wife it's not because society has it out for you dog it's probably because you're a weak bitch and i don't mean it just in terms of physical fucking stature though almost certainly you're weak in that respect as well I mean it weak in this most Nietzschean sense, and this is where the fucking Jordan Peterson part of the misappropriation of Nietzschean philosophy really upsets me, right? Uh, you're spiritually weak, bro. You're emotionally weak. You're fucking mentally weak, and you're attitudinally weak. You have a weak attitude about life. Your attitude is that because things are not going your way, that you should force external structures such as the government or society to compel others to abide by your fucking desires, which is no different than all the bullshit social justice warrior nonsense that Jordan Peterson made a fucking fame and fortune off of, yo, complaining about these fucking social justice warriors who were trying to compel speech, complaining about these social justice warriors who were trying to compel cultural fucking um, paradigms. You know what I'm saying? Jordan Peterson does the same thing, but just because the people that he's speaking to don't have the fucking funky ass haircuts and, you know, that have come associated with academic types doesn't mean that they're not social justice warriors themselves. These incels are social justice warriors just as every bit as those fucking tropes of the, you know, of the hyper woke academics are, man. So when you're speaking about accountability, like, yo, you need to hold your people accountable, Dr. Peterson, and your people are the very ones that you're trying to fucking structure all of society around just to continue to appease to which i say fuck that hypocritical bullshit nonsense yo if those fucking incels can't get laid here's a couple suggestions get a sense of humor hit the fucking weights properly groom and fucking probably groom yourself you know what i mean don't fucking act as though the fucking world let alone women uh, they they, you, they owe you anything just because you're a fucking man like get the fuck out of here dog isn't that the whole hallmark of what the books that you've written are about isn't that the whole hallmark about what the philosophy that you've written is about? And to not fucking force those who are your fucking fans to uphold these values is nonsensical. To not hold yourself an intellectual, you're just it's intellectually dishonest, man. He should know this. He's not a he's not a, he's not a dumb person, yo. Very fucking intelligent guy, and he should know that this idea is very intellectually dishonest. He's not a fucking dumb dude, yo. Like I'm saying, he's a very intelligent man. And he should know full well that it's his stance is essentially 
intellectually dishonest in the sense that if you're going to fucking tell people that, you know, molding culture to fit your desires is a bad thing, then it works both ways, man. You can't try to impose fucking cultural conservatism on individuals just to try to get the fucking try to curb violence. Like, what are you talking about, man? The people that need to curb the violence. And this is where I'll give him his due credit again. He has said this, that it's intelligent. It's, it's imperative upon men to become the fucking warrior in the garden, to use that fucking off used uh, 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 quote, right? To the meek, to become meek, to become meek men, because meek men are dangerous men or whatever the fuck, however the fuck he says it. But if that's the case, if, you know, if these men are going to take accountability for themselves and seek to become less dangerous or at least more controlled, then it implies that they also take fucking accountability for one of the reasons why they're stating that they are violent in the first place. And that is because of the lack of ability to attain women. And the answer is not to force women to be with these men in order to ensure that the violence ceases. It's rather to hold those men accountable and ensure that even if they don't get the fucking women, that they cease to be fucking violent irrespective. Because again, they're not owed shit just because of the fucking, just because they're straight men or whatever the case might be, right? So that's one of the the biggest beasts when it comes to this Jordan Peterson character. Again, this fucking misappropriation of the Nietzschean philosophy. The people who fucking uphold this idea. Yo, like, obviously, you have a weakness in your character. And the character, in this sense, the weakness is your misguided belief that you were owed something for nothing right uh you also have a fucking weakness in your attitude and the attitude here is that you don't want to have to fucking go out and earn what it is that you desire in this particular sense a fucking lady consort you know what i'm saying and that rather than do so again you would rather force society to cater to your fucking needs rather than have to fix the shit that's wrong with you that has kept you from getting a fucking lady. You know what I'm saying? Um, chances are, dog, you're probably just weird as fuck and you're probably ugly too. If we're, I mean, if we're being completely honest, you know what I'm saying? Natural law theory 101, bro. But there's also ways around that. Like you might be ugly as fuck. You might not have a sense of personality. Get rich, motherfucker. Do fucking something. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to force people to, you know, society to change just to ensure that, you know, uh, these fucking incels are no longer a threat to individuals. And when they do become a threat, the blame is solely on the incels, not on the people that they fucking blame. Okay. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, I guess, um, I can't believe I'm already at the fucking 30 minute mark, man. Well, near the 30 minute mark. Uh, I have my whole, I wrote all this particular podcast here on all these little, uh, uh, um, slide on all these little sticky notes, but I'm not going to try to get through them all because I think they're each important to fucking address on their own. So obviously, rather than try to just breeze through them all, I'll probably have to break this particular podcast up into a few of them. But for now, I guess as good as any as a time to talk about Jordan Peterson's current situation. Okay. Now, um, for those of you who have kept up with Jordan Peterson, you'll know that he was in rehab. And the reason being is that he got addicted to a fucking drug, clonopin that he was prescribed that after he discovered that his wife had gotten cancer, you know what I'm saying? And that actually, from what I read, the, his rehab was pretty fucking vicious, man, that he, the, the addiction had sunk its, its fucking hooks deeply into him. Now, obviously I'm not going to fucking chastise the man for fucking becoming addicted. Okay. As I've mentioned before, addiction is the impetus for fucking hood philosophy. It's one of the impetuses, I should say, right? Uh, the impetus to recover from addiction would be more fucking specifically put, and thus the, the ensuing uh, relapses that will occur for all people, right? Um, 
I think this is an idea that Jordan Peterson tries to get to, but doesn't necessarily do a good job of articulating himself, but is best articulated through fucking David Goggins, in my opinion. This idea that, yo, it's an everyday thing, bro. Recovery is an every fucking day thing. Uh, and you can't slip for one second because the moment you start slipping is the moment you start realizing that you've fucking become weaker and that that addiction is going to creep right back up on your ass. You know what I'm saying? So again, obviously, I'm not going to fucking bash the dude for being addicted. Like we're all addicted to something, yo. Whatever it is that helps take our pick, take, take away the fucking pain of existence. We're all being assaulted by existence. I've mentioned it before and we've all fucking developed self, in many instances, self-destructive patterns of behavior to try to cope with this fucking, uh, with this assault. You know what I'm saying? Some of us have developed good habits like working out, eating clean and all that kind of shit, but it's an, it's a fucking habit nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? And in Dr. Peterson's case, his addiction just so happened to manifest in the form of clonopin, right? And it's understood that given the situation that one would feel the need to reach out to anti-anxiety medication to somehow cope with the fact that their fucking loved one is dealing with a potentially life-threatening illness, disease. So uh, I'm not fucking faulting the guy for that, man. In fact, like, I, I don't like talking about my own personal life, okay? But I will just leave it at that. I fucking feel it. I understand full well the situation that he's coming from. You know what I'm saying? But, and here's the fucking catch, is that in doing so, Jordan Peterson revealed that he was essentially a fucking huckster out here doling out advice on shit he had no fucking idea about. And the shit that he had no idea about was confronting his dragon. Jordan Peterson had never confronted a dragon, bro. And I'm stating this based entirely off just, I don't know the guy. I don't fucking know the guy personally. I've never met the fucking guy. I hope to one day and I would love to fucking sit down and talk to him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm basing this idea entirely off of the information that's available to us via his public lectures and textbooks, right? And from what I have gathered from his work is that Prior to his wife's getting fucking cancer, yo, Dr. Peterson's, as I've said before, biggest fucking dragon was gingivitis, bro. Like, damn, yeah, gingivitis sucks, I'm sure. But that's not a real fucking dragon, dog. And it wasn't until his wife got the cancer that he was forced to confront his real dragon. And that real dragon is one that every single fucking last person walking this planet has to confront. There is nothing special about Jordan Peterson's wife or Jordan Peterson. Everybody has to confront this dragon. You, me, your grandma, your mom, right? Your kids, mine, all of us. We have to confront this dragon. And that is the inevitability of our fucking death, bro. The real dragon is not only the inevitability, the realization that we are going to fucking die. It's the recognition of the inevitability that everyone we've ever loved is going to die too, man. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's your wife, your fucking family, whoever the fuck it is, okay? Death does not discriminate, bro. And for many of us, death is such a terrifying, terrifying fucking proposition that rather than confront it, we simply distract ourselves with any fucking thing to keep our mind off of it. Like trans rights in Jordan Peterson's case. <laughs> One second. Like this is some straight up honest shit on my behalf, bro. Um, <laughs> I get it, right? There's issues societal wise that we fucking, we feel compelled about one way or another. We feel some type of way about many societal issues. I'm no fucking different, bro. Okay. But as I've mentioned before, I try my absolute fucking best 
to try to divorce myself as much as possible from these societal issues, or at least from the effects that they have on me. Not because I don't care, but rather because I recognize them for what they are. And that is these historical forces that just, they're not going to be solved in our lifetime, bro. They're just not. It doesn't mean that we should stop trying to, but to me, it's more akin to just talking about, you know, like questioning, for instance, or obsessing more importantly, I should say, about what happens when we die. Like no one fucking knows, man. People can be cocksure that they know what the fuck happens, but no one fucking has any idea what happens after we die, okay? And obsessing about it is not going to fucking help anybody. It's one of the fucking noble truths in fucking Buddhism. You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't even bother worrying about it, bro. You're not going to find the fucking answer, right? So rather than obsessing about it, just be, live. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in that respect, that's kind of where I treat a lot of the cultural issues that we're dealt that we deal with. Like when it comes to abortion, for instance, obviously I have particular views about the matter, but at the end of the day, I can give a fuck less. When it comes to world war, like obviously I have my views on the fucking issue, but at the end of the day, I can give a fuck less. Why? Because I recognize that I'm why work myself up into a frenzy for something I cannot control. I can vote the type of way that I feel. But at the end of the day, you're not going to stop every single woman or man from fucking having an abortion. Man, as in the sense of forcing a woman to. Oh, God. Now I'm being transphobic. I'm sorry, okay, to the, trans, to the transgender community. That's not what I meant. It's a fault in my fucking shitty language. The point that I'm trying to make is that you're not going to be able to control people. People that want to get fucking abortions are going to get abortions. People that want to go to war, they're going to fucking go to war, man. There's nothing that we can do about it. I can tell you like, fuck no, dude, I'm anti-war till the day I die. As a pacifist, I despise and I loathe every fucking fundamental aspect of it. It's not going to change shit. So what the fuck am I going to do? Stay up all night obsessing over the fact that we're run by a bunch of chicken hog banksters that want to go to war irrespective of what the collateral is in order to ensure continued profits? Like, no, man, I'll fucking drive myself crazy. And it's kind of the same deal with a lot of other issues. You know what I'm saying? And ultimately, when you, when I reduce all these issues and when I see other people who are disagreeing with me, like, you know what, man? I feel you, dog. I feel why you disagree. And I, again, recognize you. I recognize myself in you. And more importantly, I recognize that just as powerfully as I feel about, you know, whatever issue that it is that I feel some type of way about and you feel the exact opposite, I recognize that you feel just as strongly about it as I do about mine. So rather than try to fucking, rather than obsess and waste fucking needless energy trying to convince you otherwise, I just accept it for what it is, man. And what it is, what it is, is the fucking massive fucking mystery of life. And that when we reduce the massive mystery to life, there is only one fucking thing that equally affects everybody. And that is death. It's the greatest fucking equalizer. It makes cowards of every single person and it spares none. Okay. And that I believe is Dr. Peterson's fucking dragon. And the reason is, is because it wasn't until he was confronted. Again, this is just based off the information that I have available, but it wasn't until he was confronted with the inevitability of his wife's demise that he fucking wigged out and he got addicted to the clonopin and that that shit took over, bro. Obviously, you, he became so, you know, you, you, you can reduce it to the physicalist fucking argument and simply state that the reason why he became addicted is because the way his chemical reaction, his chemical composition, which I won't disagree with, but I will say that I don't believe that that's the only part. I don't believe in a strictly physicalist, if you want to use the philosophical language to explain, I don't believe in a, a strictly physicalist interpretation of reality, not because I'm a dualist necessarily, but because I just, re I refuse to discount the role of trauma. You know what I'm saying? And in this Jordan Peterson case, like, yeah, maybe his, his chemical composition is in such a way that he was inclined towards addiction, but you can't discount the fucking trauma. 
And in this case, again, just to reiterate the trauma inherent with recognizing that, dude, your fucking inevitability of not only your wife's demise, but your demise as well. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, like he fucking, he paints it out to be this, the trans rights, the compelled speech, all that kind of shit. Yeah, dog, those issues are fucking important. Don't get it twisted, right? But honestly, honestly, and this is kind of a little bit where we start to reintroduce the coronavirus pandemic. At the end of it all, at the end of it all, where have we fucking found ourselves? In the midst of global pandemic, when's the last fucking time we've heard, at least in a large scale, these divisive issues that had divided our country so deeply, even fucking mentioned, bro? I have not seen fucking, at least not as before, not as not as much as before, you know, these divisive issues about like trans rights, gay rights, and minority rights, women's rights, all that kind of shit. They're not front and center on social media anymore. We're worried about the real shit. What is the real shit? Survival, bro. It's always been that. It's always only ever been that. The confrontation with the, you know, with one's finitude, if you will, right? And um, that's the real fucking dragon, bro. It's not trans. It's not promiscuous women. It's our own demise. I cannot emphasize this point enough, okay? Um, and the reason why is because this is a recurring theme in a lot of philosophy, especially, I'm just reading my notes here, right? It's a recurring theme in a lot of philosophy, especially the fucking stoic philosophy that Jordan Peterson, again, is most fucking easily uh, uh, placed into. And when it comes to the stoic philosophy, basically the entire gist of it, if I could reduce it to its most essentialized form, is to come to terms with your fucking death. Like that's the whole point of philosophy, according to the stoics, like make peace with what you can't control especially the big sleep, because no matter what you do, no matter how you fed it, no matter what the fuck happens, everyone's going to bite the dust, bro. And the longer you fucking take to acknowledge and accept this fact, the more suffering will be inherent in your fucking universe. You can distract yourself from that. You can fucking piss and moan about it all you want. But at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to, dog. Okay. And um, obviously, it's one thing to come to terms with our own inevitable demise, as I'm sure many of you have, you know, considered. Um, but it's a complete different thing when it comes to other to another person's demise as well. Maybe a loved one's demise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know me personally, historically, it's always been the case that I don't necessarily mind when bad shit happens to me. It's just like, ah, whatever, man. Life fucking it is what it is. You know what I mean? Say la vie type shit. So bad shit happens to me, dog. It's just like, man, whatever. I'll just keep trucking along. But for some reason, I, I've always been this way, and chances are you probably are as well. Whenever bad shit happens to someone I love, like that really fucks with me. Like that fucks with me to, I can't even articulate how fucking deeply that shit fucking, you know, how it really gets me. And when it comes to the death part, like the, the same is true. I'm one of these days, I'm actually, I'll tell you a little story, a little quick aside story. I actually sat down and did a podcast talking about my fucking, my little. How can I put this without sounding dismissive? Sad boy life. Well, let's start with the sad boy life. Obviously, I've mentioned it before. Sad boy life is a real thing. Sad boy hours, you know what I'm saying? It's real shit, especially in my life, mental health issues. Um, and although it might sound silly and fucking facetious, there's been plenty of times in my life, including in modern, in, in the modern period, where con uh, you know suicide has seemed like the most viable option to just stop, just stop the pain. Okay. The emotional pain, the fucking, the mental illness, yo, like for real, straight up. Sometimes it gets to the point where it's driving me fucking literally insane, where I cannot find a moment of peace and calm, where it literally feels like my fucking skeleton is clawing to escape my body. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's comfort to quote the, the perfect circle lyric. Comfort is a mystery that's literally crawling out of my own skin, bro. Right. And it's fucking, I'm talking flight of thought, racing thought, fucking uh, disillusionment, depersonalization, fucking complete isolation, derealization, dissociation, like fuck any term that you can possibly come up with to explain how crazy it is to fucking deal with this kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And I, I honestly, uh, in the past, I actually sat down to do a podcast to explain it all, like the whole fucking cycle that I went through at one point when I was this fucking close to doing it, man. But I didn't, thankfully, obviously, because I'm still here, right? Anyways, um, the reason that I fucking even bring that up in the first place is because uh, obviously I've thought about my own mortality and chances are you have too, okay? And like the example that I just gave you about it being okay with me, like I'm at the point now where it's like, all right, dude, I'm okay with my death. You know what I'm saying? But when I start to think about the deaths of the love of my loved ones, like that shit really fucks with me, man. Still, like there's just no if, ands, or buts about it. I'm okay with me dying, but the thought of my loved ones dying is fucking unbearable. It's unbearable. So I can just imagine. I can just imagine the kind of fucking pain that Jordan Peterson is going through. You know what I'm saying? It's very real fucking pain. And when uh, the reason I bring it up then is to recognize that none of this is meant to be spiteful. Like I'm not saying this shit to be spiteful. I'm saying it to try to get a better understanding of what it is that he's fucking discussing, man. And what he's discussing again is that fucking very, that that's an example of the empty, like it's one thing to say the words emptiness and hollow and shallow, but it's another thing I feel to give the example and that suicide example, that, that that's pretty much it right there. I think that's one way to explain it. You know what I'm saying? The fear of the death of your loved ones. That's another way to explain the emptiness and the hollowness associated with existence. You know what I mean? The realization that, yeah, dog, we're all going to die. And that shit is fucking devastating. And it has far reaching implications, bro. And uh, obviously, when it's someone that you love, it's fucking haunting, man. It's haunting. So much so. And it's so intense. I can't even imagine what it must be like. I mean, again, I don't want to give too much. I don't, I don't like to reveal too much of my own personal life. But to fucking be in the midst of somebody, a loved one, especially like a wife or something, that is in the process of, you know, you can see the expedited process, I should say, of them dying because we're all dying in the Sylvia Plath sense of the term to quote, Fly Club, uh, to quote Fight Club, you know what I'm saying? But to see it fucking unfolding in such a painful way as through cancer, like, oh man, I can just imagine, you know what I'm saying? But still, bro, like that's the fucking dragon. That was Jordan Peterson's dragon, the inevitability of his wife's demise. And, you know, there's nothing special about that. That's a dragon for all of us. I'm trying not to sound as fucking cold and callous as possible, but it is what it is, bro. That shit is not unique to Jordan Peterson. That shit is happening all across the globe to millions, hundreds of millions of people that we don't fucking even know about. You know what I'm saying? And for someone as prolific, not pro, I don't say prolific, I would say rather uh, as famous for as Jordan Peterson, who has become famous, no less for his fucking his strict insistence that people deal with these kind of dragons in a very stoic and manly quote unquote way for him to do the exact opposite when it came time for him to do so. It's just, it's very disingenuous to me. You know what I mean? Like I always, I kind of had a suspicion that there's something fucking weird about this Jordan Peterson cat. Every time you look up videos of him crying and shit, like he's always crying on command, bro. And me personally, fucking people that can cry on command, they scare me. You know what I'm saying? And if you could look up the videos and shit, I'll post some, but he's got it like, it's part of his shtick. He starts crying when he starts talking about the quote unquote plight of men. You know what I'm saying? But nah, man, like 
that's again, it's not the plight, bro. The plight is the realization that all of us are going to die. Okay. And it's a haunting force that keeps, it keeps us all in fear. It keeps us all living in fear. And I think more importantly, that even though it keeps us living in fear, part of what made Jordan Peterson's philosophy so appealing is that he seemed to offer a little bit of a break out of it. Okay. This is where he starts talking about nihilism and all that kind of shit. And it's really weird fucking misappropriated, non-philosophical way. And the nihilism here specifically is where he's talking about, well, why the fuck bother getting out of bed in the morning? You know what I'm saying? If we're all going to die, well, then who the fuck cares? And where he offered some hope to those of them, for the, to those people who felt like, yeah, fuck yeah, dog, you're absolutely fucking right, is in his 12 rules for life. Like, no, even in the face of this, who the fuck cares? Get up, make your bed, do that. Like, like yes, dude, fucking 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly in that respect, right? The pessimistic philosophy, if they had their way, if they're to be believed, then it's all meaningless and pointless. We should not have kids. It's a fucking, it's, it's a dying enterprise, literally a dying enterprise, an enterprise in dying, but it's dying in the sense that more people are wisening up to the fact that having kids is a fucking, it's, it's just, it's probably not the smartest decision. Right. Um, and that, you know, the same is true for any other experience when it comes to life. Now, to be fair, that's, that's, that's not necessarily a philosophy that many people subscribe to and necessarily I don't even agree with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand where the pessimists come from, but there's still a lot of joy to be had in life, even in the fucking misery, right? And in that respect, again, I would agree with Jordan Peterson that it's not a matter of fucking, you know, laying in bed all day, just wishing to end it all and completely fucking cursing, if you will, the the gift of life or just life in general, whether it's a gift or not, still remains to be seen. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, man, because it's fucking awesome to experience and it makes shit worth living. Like just because, you know, you're going to die, your wife's going to die, whatever, doesn't mean that you should fucking be single forever and lay up cooped up in your room all day and do nothing. Like, no, nah, man, even in the face of that, you recognize the fact that, yeah, this person that I've chosen to fall in love with, these people that I've chosen to bring to this fucking universe, I have to come to the fact, I have to come to terms with the fact that they're going to fucking die. It's an inevitability. And yet I will be strong enough mentally, emotionally, attitudinally, and most importantly, spiritually, I will be spiritually fucking strong enough to be able to deal with the inevitability that they are going to cease and they are going to perish. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, I just don't feel as though Jordan Peterson was because obviously his whole rehab trip proves otherwise. Right? Um... The point that I'm trying to make essentially is that it takes a lot of fucking courage and it takes a lot of fucking strength to be able to confront this inevitability, okay? And that for many of us, it's a lot easier to just get hooked on shit that'll fucking keep us from having to consider that fact. Whether the shit is Klonopin, whether the shit is fucking reality television, whether it's this fucking podcast, man, me doing the podcast, you listening to the podcast, who the fuck cares? You know what I'm saying? Like we all have ways that we've developed in order to try to overcome these fucking these thoughts that come inherent with the you know, just reality of existence for lack of a better term the reality of existence is that we're born we're alive and in the meantime we have a choice to either make it awesome or not and inevitably we're going to die one way to make it awesome of course is by having family and friends with the added drawback of knowing that inevitably they are going to die along with you as well and now the choice becomes do you continue do you choose to do so engage in such a life knowing full well the ramifications of doing so and still go through with it irrespective of what the potential fucking outcome not the inevitable i should say outcome is going to be or 
do you say no fuck that in the most life negating slave type of way and say i'll never fucking you know have kids i'll never uh experience a close intimate interaction with another person in order to avoid having to ever struggle with those feelings of them fucking dying and all that kind of shit to which of you ask me and obviously i'm assuming if you ask jordan peterson he would say no that's not the fucking answer because it is those things that inevitably make life worth living okay which ultimately brings me towards my last for now critique about this jordan peterson character and that his is his insistence that somehow reverting to a conservative non-postmodern answer to the solution will be the end all when it's just not man the reality is that there are so many answers to this fucking question and the question of life in general but also you know whether or not it's worth living that are just not fucking you can't be answered by and for by answers to the past those answers were devised in a world that we no longer live in man conservative conservative there's nothing wrong with being conservative okay but the cat's out of the bag bro you're not gonna force people to get fucking married to appease the fucking ideas of conservative people knowing full well that even fucking 20 years ago 10 years ago now the, the how extraordinarily high the divorce rate was okay whatever you know the point that i'm trying to make is that whatever the fuck conservative people considered to be a relationship and how the function of that played in maintaining society was it obviously didn't fucking work because if it did then we wouldn't be in this situation the only reason we're in this situation is because it fucking fell apart in the first place and to assume that reverting back to the old system is going to be the answer is quite literally the definition of fucking absurdity doing the same thing over and over and over again and somehow expecting different results like it's not going to happen so yeah, um, like I said, I have, there's just, this is such a complex issue because honestly, it's not even just fucking singling out Jordan Peterson. It's easy to single out Jordan Peterson for no other reason than he is the fucking figurehead, essentially uh, now the modern figurehead of a problem that's been, it's it's not new in America, okay? This idea that quote unquote postmodernists are ruining fucking society with their deviation from conservative, tra uh, conservative traditional uh, christian values it's not fucking new okay uh this this issue it's you know the most prominent that it became i should say in you know in, in modern culture was probably in the 90s prior to the, the revitalization of this jordan peterson character but if we're being honest it's essentially been the history of the united states of america you have the conservative values and the people who are trying to rebel against them because of how limiting they were okay so i guess in future podcasts i'll I, I guess in the next podcast would be a good idea to just focus in on a little bit more of that the historical context um, but the point that i'm trying to make is this, is this is not intended to be this is not a standalone podcast on the jordan peterson character this is only the beginning okay but even only in its beginningness it is already nearing the 50 minute mark and i do believe i have sufficiently taken up enough of your time and rather than continue to do so i'll simply state that thanks again for following along I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and I'll see you soon for the next one. Peace.